It is Monday, August 15th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by our friends over at DraftKings. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose back in the pilot's chair. We also have producer Dan as well. I want to thank Jerry Blevins, Pete Moylan for filling in. You guys had some great shows. I watched them while I was on the road in Jacksonville. I missed you, though. I got to admit, I missed you. I missed you, too. It's, it's, I'll tell you what, man. Your job hosting is difficult. The transitions, the segues, all the upbeat, like, uh, enthusiasm you have to have. Yeah. You got it in spades, this. man. You, you are a, you're different in the chair you're in today than you are in the host chair. And that's not a shot. You did an excellent job, an excellent job. But here's part of the reason I love the chair you're in, because sometimes when you host, you lose the, I was a baseball player feel because you're worried about this, you know, how we're transitioning and the time and all that sort of stuff. You need to be focused on the fact that you were a baseball player and you see this, the game through a different lens than we do as fans. Okay. I'll it do my mean best, you man. Can't do it. It doesn't mean you can't do it. Like all these guys who want to host the NFL shows, like Strahan could host it. Nate Burleson could host it. They lose a little bit of who they were as football players when they become hosts. That's why I don't like, plus it takes our jobs. I don't like that. part. <laughs> you and me um, forever, bro. Hey, I'm with you. Let's get to the, because we're going to be talking about some difficult stuff when it comes to the baseball world. I want to start with one of the feel good stories. It is maybe the feel good story of the entire season. Winton Bernard, 31 years old called up after over a decade in the minor leagues by the Colorado Rockies. If you were not emotionally touched by his FaceTime call to his mother, I don't know what to say about you. I feel like crying on Monday. Here we go. Mom, I'm going to the major leagues. <laughs> I'm going, Mama. I'm going, Mom. I promise. I promise, Mom. I'm going. Come on. I got to figure out all the logistics in a second. They just told me just now. I did it, Mommy. I did it, Mom. When he says, I did it, Mommy, like, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm tearing up just thinking about it. Yeah, this is such a special moment for any guy that gets called up to the big leagues. It's, it's, it's crazy because... You know, you put in all this work, but at that moment when it, fi it finally comes to fruition, the only people you can think about are the people that helped you get there. You know, most of us are going to call our parents, you know, went in here, called his mom. And you could just tell, like, it takes a lot of support. It takes a lot of love for guys to, to make it. And you spent 10 years in the minor leagues grinding and you finally get that call. I can't even imagine. I played six years and it felt like an eternity. You know, 10 years grinding like that, finally getting the call is is really something special. And, you know, like I said, it's you just want to share it with your family members because you understand the sacrifices they made, um, whether it's monetarily, whether it's just with their time um, and the emotional support that they have to give you. It's it's it's, it's a special, special moment. Man. And, and like this was such a great video. Uh, what 31 year old calls mom, mommy? That's when I, I'm telling you, probably that's a I lot, lost probably him. a lot. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That was just so cool. And then to see him get his hit, although, boy, they tried to get him out. The umpires when his first hit, <laughs> come on, beat that by like six yards. 
They still called him out. And thankfully, they reversed the call. Got his first major league hit. Welcome to the show. He uh, 35th rounder in the 2012 draft. Uh, Padres, Tigers, Giants, Cubs, minor leagues, all with them. Stints in the Mexican Winter League, Venezuelan Winter League, independent ball. And he played for the Brisbane Bandits of the Australian Baseball League. Good to see you in the show, man. I know you're going to be, I believe, on Farm to Fame with Kelsey and Pete Moylan. I know that because I tried to get him on Rosa Rotation. Kelsey already booked him, but that'll be great. <laughs> we'll all be listening. I'm I, very excited. And I love it, man. That's that's a real grinder right there. We've had a couple yep. of them now. Joey Manessis coming up for yep. the Nationals, who I played with. Um, he's you know enjoying some success there, hitting some long balls. But it's it's um, I love when guys who like really really stuck it out really really put the work and get uh get that call so hopefully that will balance a little bit of the distaste we all have in our mouths based on the news that broke late on friday about fernando tatis jr who will be suspended for 80 games because he tested positive for peds he said he was using this close to ball to treat ringworm which if you read all the reports has nothing to do with treating ringworm. When you, I know you and Jimmy did a big show on this, and you're probably sick of talking about it, but it's important that we talk to, about it for our audience. When you heard it happen, your reaction was? I was just absolutely shocked. And I'm, I'm happy to talk about it again because Jimmy and I reacted an hour after the news came. And it's, you know, when you do that, you have a lot of raw emotion. You haven't really formulated your thoughts as best as you can. And I think my microphone's about to fall. Okay. <laughs> so sorry about that guys um you know the more i've gotten to think about it and the more that's come out like I, I think the most telling the most telling thing about the whole situation is how the guys in his clubhouse spoke about it and it was straight up kind of what i said at the beginning it's just you're just disappointed and i said you know he is going to lose his spot in the pecking order you know if if he was the guy, him and Machado and a couple of these guys were at the top or like captains, if you will, of the team, he, that's gone for him. That's gone until he figures out a way to earn his teammates trust and to become the player he is again. He is, I said, he's like fifth, sixth down the line, but after listening to his teammates talk, he's the lowest on the totem pole. I don't care if you're just a platoon guy, you're going to have more respect in that locker room than Fernando Tatis Jr. has right now. And it's going to be up to him to have to earn that back. And it's a long, it's a long road, man. Because if you hear, you heard what Clev said, it was like, this is twice now. You do the oh. dumb motorcycle stuff, and now you you get caught, you know, whether it's negligence or you're actually trying to cheat the game, you know, I guess what we'll, we might not ever know that. Um, it's an unfortunate situation that you know, it just has ripple effects throughout all things, baseball games, the playoffs uh, situation in San Diego, me having to talk to, you know, like my son about it. Dad's everywhere who, you know, how many people, young kids, especially love watching Fernando Tatis Jr. Play now, dad, why isn't he playing? Oh, what happened with Fernando? And you have to sit down and explain to them about this. And it's like young kids, they don't, they don't understand cheating like that. You know, they don't, that doesn't, that doesn't register for them. It's eye opening. So this is like almost a time where you're going to tell your kids something and they're going to lose a little bit of their innocence because of it. Yeah. It's so tough. 
you talked about the Clevenger interview. He was as open as any Padres player. For those of you that didn't hear it, here we go. Very disappointed. It's uh, you know the second time we've been disappointed with him, and it's just you know you hope he grows up and you know learns from this and learns that it's not just you know it's about more than just him right now. You hope he grows up, and he's got to realize it's more than just about him. Those are the two telling things. When things go poorly, we in the media have a reaction, fans have a reaction, and I have to be honest with you, I usually don't care about either of them. I just don't. I always feel like what happens in the clubhouse is the most important thing because you guys have an ability to galvanize, to build bonds around one another, and to keep a lot of the noise out. When I hear that, that means it's impossible. That means that Fernando Tatis Jr., I don't know how he repairs his relationship with a lot of those guys. It's not going to be as simple as showing up either late next May or early June or whenever he's going to be eligible to play again and be like, all right, 23's here. I'm hitting second and playing short. That shit ain't going to fly. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. I did say like the one thing that is true in sports. Uh, and it came from my good boy, my good friend, Anthony Swarzak. Performance trumps all. If this guy comes back and is a banger and he's helping the team win, that's the quickest way to get back in everyone's good graces. Now, he got to eat some humble pie and he, he's got to do that. You can't be Fernando Tatis Jr. out there doing all the things that he would do initially. He's going to have to slow his roll with all that stuff too, or else guys, I mean, this is just the way the game is. Okay. And I'm not like, I'm not saying they should do this or like, I even think it should be a part of the game, but it is part of the game. He might get thrown at like, if he's, if he comes out really? and he starts pimping home. Yes, dude. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Guys do not like this. Okay. So like, I think he's going to need to slow his roll, you know, with kind of the way that he is, enthusiastic on the field, which I think, you know, it's, it's tough, but that's just the way the game is, Chris. That He's sucks, really, dude. really got to earn it back. Yeah. Cause that I, that's one of the things I love about Tatis. I have been as big a fan of Tatis as anyone out there. I love it. He's freaking tagged up twice on pop-outs in the infield and scored runs. Like people don't do that. He electrifies us. Like there are great players in this league. Mike Trout, uh, Mookie Betts, Guys like that who are great players, but don't electrify the crowd the way that a Fernando Tatis Jr. does, right? Harper does it, Shohei does it, but it's a very small number of players that do it. I found this out literally minutes before the Browns were playing the Jaguars on Friday night. And I'm looking at my phone. I was like, what? I get this alert. I was hoping you didn't see it. I was hoping. I was like, please don't let C-Row see I this. I couldn't believe it. And I actually shared it with the, the people who work in the football world. Now, some of them are baseball fans, but most of them aren't. And my analyst, Joe Thomas, who is a future Hall of Fame offensive lineman, he's not a huge baseball fan, but he knows who Fernando Tatis Jr. is. And he was like, why do all the stars in baseball cheat? And I was like, it only feels that way. But now it's just another black eye. And it, it, it pains me. I, was like, I tried to explain to Joe. I was like, Joe, not everybody does. He's like, well, A-Rod did it. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, he did. But the, like, there's only a few names that some people know. Yeah. Like, you're and killing, that's, that's... you're crushing the sport when you do that. You, you have to treat yourself like a quarterback, like you're the CEO of a company. 
when you sign a $340 million extension. You have to. There is an inherent responsibility. And does that mean you can't go ride motorcycles? Yeah, fuck, it does. It means you can't ride motorcycles. Does it mean you have to be absolutely sure of everything you're putting in your body? Yes! Here's here's what I don't get to. And now you're getting me all pissed off again, okay? He's a legacy player, dude. Like, he has someone in his corner that can show him the ropes at every step of the way. Like, he needs to understand. Like you said, you signed that contract. No more fucking motorcycles. No more going outside of the team to get any medication or any supplement or anything like that. That is just... I don't. Even, that's not even like you don't have to be smart to understand that. Like you don't like that is common sense, Chris. And he has exhibited a lack of common sense. And I think that's why he's getting guys in his clubhouse saying, "Bro, sorry." And I said I knew what they were going to say. We don't need him. We've been doing it all year without him because he was dumb in the off season. Like this is. You're getting me mad again. I was kind of over it. Now I'm mad again, Chris. I don't know, man. Fernando, let's go, dude. Clean it up. Clean he it has up. To. He has to clean it up because there aren't that many guys who have national commercials. There aren't that many guys who, you know, people want to buy your jersey. And by the way, when people are going to wear Tatis jerseys, like at Padres games now, people are going to look at you and they're going to be like, oh, so you're okay with cheating? Like, it's just, there's nothing dude. good. Dude, all- so like. This is off the subject, but this is, I talked about ripple effects, right? Mm-hmm. Think about all the people that bought his baseball cards. I know Phil Hughes like paid a lot of money for a lot of these baseball cards. Uh, like they're not worth anything anymore. Like that's, that's, and that's the risk you play when you buy expensive run. baseball cards, but just yep. it's, it's all over the place. All those jerseys, you know, that you bought your kids, do you want them? If you had, if your son Brady had a Fernando Tatis Jr. jersey, you bought it for him. He's stoked on it because he's mm-hmm. one of the stars of the game. Then this comes down. What do you say to him if he wants to wear that jersey or he doesn't want to wear the jersey? Right. Uh, well, I w- it's an easier discussion if he doesn't want to have the jer- wear the jersey. If we're going to a Padres game and he wants to, we're going to be down there um, next week. The Guardians play two games against the Padres. I will be very cognizant of the number of Tatis jerseys in the crowd at Petco Park. Like, I mean, if he's a kid, I can't, I can't be like, I don't know. I think he, he, I don't know. If Teddy, if Teddy was like, I'm going to wear a jersey. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Like, that's not what, that's not what I stand for. And you're my son. That's not what you stand for. Yep. I'll tell you this. Do you think the Padres ought to say, if you have a Fernando Tatis jersey, we will give you money back in terms of you can come into the shop and get a different jersey if you want. You can't do that, right? So they can't do that because that's really tough on Fernando. Right. Like you have to, you have to like allow the healing process and allow him to, to give be it a able shot. to. You have to give it a shot. More baseball today in a second, but I want to remind you guys, our show is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Get in on the hottest sport action for your shot at cold, hard cash. With the DraftKings Sportsbook, you bet on your favorite sports all summer long and gear up for football season. Right now, new customers get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. I thought it was a typo. It's not. It's $1,000. Just make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get another shot at a big win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. Make your first deposit. 
and you get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code JOHNBOY only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Now back to the show. All right, so let's start focusing on some other stuff that isn't PED talk. Jeez. Mets win a series against Philly. Now they start a four-gamer in Atlanta. And did you see who was on the mound for the Braves? That would be Spencer Strider. Let's remember the last time he was on the mound. It was against the Mets. He only went two and two-thirds, gave up four runs, six hits. And he said afterward that the Mets got some lucky knocks. And that plays great in August. We'll see how they do in October. Do you think the Mets have any extra let's go get them tonight against Spencer Strider because of the comments? I was trying to think about how I would feel if I was in that clubhouse. And what I came up with was I just don't give a shit what he says. That would be my mentality. If I'm the Mets, I'm like, you're a rookie. Like they got a veteran team, guys making a lot of money. They're on their spikes. When a rookie, no matter, I know Spencer Strider is a very good player. I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm just telling you how I would react in that clubhouse. If I was a Met, I would say, fuck it. What, what do we care? You're a, you're a rookie. You got how many starts under your belt? 10, 12? We don't care what you say. We're in first place. And we're going to go do our thing. We did it against you last time. We're going to do it again. That's how you have to approach this situation. I don't think they're up there like, ooh, I'm going to get this guy because he talks shit. I think they're like, why are you talking shit? I think that's the mentality they have. We don't care who's on the mound. Have you seen our lineup? Have you seen our record? Have you seen what we've done this season? It's up for it's up to you, Spencer, to come do this shit because you talk the talk. Now you got to walk the walk. That's that's how I approach this whole this whole situation. And I don't even mind that Spencer said. That. I told you that. I yep. want my pitchers to be kind of arrogant and cocky because you just that's the way you kind of have to be sometimes. So. Don't mind that he said it, but if I'm on the Mets, I kind of just brush it off like, all right, Rook. No, and the Mets are probably thinking that, you know what, we'll get lucky again tonight. I do think it will be fascinating if they do get to him and then what the Mets say afterward. If they get him twice in in eight days, then it could be interesting. I I don't think the Mets really care. By the way, have you noticed that the Braves have not lost since Strider's comments? They've won six in a row. And a lot of their young guys... Grissom, Harris. Where are they getting all these young guys? Are you it's, kidding me? It's ridiculous. It really is amazing what they have built. We, you know, you said that they don't have, they don't have a window. And if so, their window's the size of a freaking garage door. Like it's just, it's open. It's beautiful. Um, I do feel like this is like one last stand for the Braves here. I think that they do have to take three of four and make up a couple of games on the Mets because and don't they, they have to face Scherzer and DeGrom, I think, Wednesday, Thursday, right? I'm looking right now. I thought they, I thought they missed them. I don't think so because – Oh, they do get them. They do because it yeah. is a four-game set. Yeah. So they're going to get the, both and then, them. Oh, shit. Then the Braves have to play the Astros too. This is a, this is a, this is a nice little stretch for the Braves. It's going to really mm-hmm. show what they're made of. We know what they're made of, by the way. They're they, really they don't good. have to show us anything. <laughs> they're really good. They're going to yeah, be but right these are, these there. are elite matchups man oh that's great it's so good for baseball and i don't care about the strider stuff either i wish he wouldn't have said it publicly i agree with you i want him to have that mentality if he's on my team i just don't like it when rookies are front and center or most players but certainly guys who have made less than 15 career starts making comments like that you can feel that way you can think that way but lie to us 
there'll there'll be some chippiness. I I I said how I'd approach it. I believe if the Mets go out there, put a few runs on the board early, you're gonna see some top step like just a little bit. And if someone if someone gets a hold of one, mark my words here, say Lindor or Pete gets a hold of one, they might take a few extra seconds to get out the box. Hey, that's good. I think that's great for baseball. I'm all in favor of it. I'll be tuned in tonight. It's that simple. Mm, I feel so good. Oh, my gosh. When someone talks crap, Chris, and you hit a homer. (laughs) Tasty. Tasty. Uh, All right. Let's move on to the team that the Braves beat to win the World Series a year ago. The AL West leading Houston Astros. Bigger deal for them this weekend. The return to the rotation of Lance McCullers. He came back on Saturday and pitched a gem. Or the loss of outfielder slash DH Michael Brantley for the season. I think the bigger deal is McCullers coming back. I love Dr. Smooth, man. You got to see a lot of him in Cleveland. The guy's a baller. He can hit. It's important for them to have him in the lineup, but McCullers coming back gives them six legitimate starters. It allows them to have a few guys stretched out long during the postseason. You know, those some games you get a starter that doesn't go very far into a game, and then you need someone to uh, map up and clean up those innings. Uh, so have that. And then he looked great. In his return. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Like he looked really good. Like he's not going to come back and be a five guy. This is going to, he's going to be your two or your three, you know, maybe slot right behind uh Framber, I guess. Uh, what I liked, there's one quote I really liked because he did walk four guys, but he got three double plays of, of those four walks. Right. So then he was talking about Dallas Keuchel and he said, early in my career, I used to watch Keuchel and say, man, this guy gets out of everything with double plays. And then Keichel told him, listen, when you do your scouting, make sure you know what guys hit what on the ground and how you escape jams. You're one pitch away, especially if you're a ground ball pitcher. So basically Keichel's like, look, when you get in the jams, if you can get a guy to you know, put one on the ground, do it. And this is like the maturity now that we're seeing. Like Lance McCullers Jr., strikeout guy, we know about the breaking ball. But if he also has this in his mind, hey, I can get a sinker, I get a ground ball here, that allows him to go deeper into games, um, and just help the Astros even more. So I love that like aspect of him. It's been a long time since he's pitched, Chris. I know. You know. So like him, he had a lot of time to think about things, and I think he's taken some lessons from early on in his career, bringing him into the game now. And it's, it's special when you watch him pitch. It's special. Uh, he looked like a little thicker yesterday. I don't know if I just haven't seen him in a while. Like a little thick boy, Lance McCullers Jr. I like that aspect, but uh, he's massive. It's massive for them to get him back. Like Michael Brant, I have a picture of Michael Brantley right there. That's my guy with Tito up there Stud. at his first all-star game. And, you know, in the playoffs, you hear the expression, things speed up. Nothing speeds up with Michael Brantley. Nothing. Nothing. Now, his strikeout rate does increase a little bit from like 11% in the regular season to like 16.5% in the postseason. But that's primarily because you're just facing better pitching overall other than that i mean the guy gives you we hear professional hitter big league at bat that shit is true with him that's not cliche it is it's honest to god truth now i love the move that they made to get trey mancini but trey mancini has played zero playoff games in his career i hope he does great i'm rooting for him i'm a big trey mancini guy i do think that they're gonna miss brantley i really do the nice thing about McCullers, 283 ERA in his postseason career in about 60 innings. 
He's no, a baller, he's dude. He's a ball. He, he doesn't shy away from the moment. But I do think that they're going to miss Michael Brantley more than they think. I really yeah, think. I agree with you. Like th- those those professional at bats you're talking about, guys can have them from time to time, a week week to week, maybe a month full of professional abs. But Brantley's a guy that does it day in and day mm. out, year after year. We talk about Jordan never looking like he's fooled at the plate. Brantley's the same way. His balance is so good. Now, he might wave and miss it some from time to time, mm-hmm. but it still looks good. The balance is still there. He doesn't look silly like at all. So I agree they'll, they'll miss him, but I, I just think McCullers going back is so, good, is so big yeah. for them. Verlander, Fromber, McCullers, Javier. Good luck with that rotation in the postseason. All right. Uh, were you more excited when Albert went deep, not once, but twice, giving him 689 for his career on Sunday, or more sad when Drew Matt Rasmussen lost his perfecto leading off the ninth against the O's? You know, I don't care about these starting pitchers. I was so stoked when Mateo oh, got that head off that, him. No, no, no. That, that, <laughs> don't give me that shtick. I heard that on one of your shows the other day. You know, we don't talk. We have to talk about starting pitchers because Rose runs the show and all that shit. Don't tell me you appreciate and you love baseball history. You weren't a little ticked off that that happened? No, because I like the King Felix as the last guy to throw. And that's kind of crazy to me. Every time a near perfect game gets broken up and they bring it back to the fact that there hasn't been one since 2012. That's it's shocking today to me. Today is the 10-year anniversary. Today. That's crazy. It's shocking to me because I just feel like pitches are so damn good. I, I don't understand how there hasn't been one, but um, I'd rather talk about my guy, Pujols. Two homers. Uh, first one off the fries in Big Mac land, and then the second one deep into left center. It looked like vintage Pujols. Did. Obviously, both against lefties. That's kind of all he's doing uh, nowadays is hitting against lefties. But, like, the swing and, like, he looks like – He's got some athleticism and agility back. He looked a little stiff uh, at times in Anaheim, but I don't know if it's just like playing at that ballpark in meaningful games. I don't know what it is. It's obviously a huge series against the Brewers, uh, but for him to come through like that, 689 home runs now. He's not going to get to 700 yet. Okay. He's not. My, My brother on our text chain yesterday said, I would love to see him come back, just play April and May next year. Yeah, I know. Like, he, I think he kind of like has to, right? He's not going to get the amount of a bats because, well, the Cardinals are like in the race, and he's only really playing right. against left-handers. So I don't think he's going to get the amount of a bats he needs, like eleven in the next. No, he's not getting. He's not, only got ten no. right now. He's not going to get eleven more. He's hot right now, though. Play that hot hand. Uh, no, I hope he comes back, but I mean, he said he isn't, right? I mean, I know, but let's say let's say he hits three or four more let's say he gets to 692 or three by the end of this season it's seven or eight freaking homers that's it 700 is i mean what a number that would be so i i mean i agree like how could you not but at the same time he's played for 22 years bonds aaron ruth that's it yeah this is the only shot we're gonna have at seeing somebody get to 700 this is it what's uh a rod 696 696 but please this is there were God, people I... rooting against him to like hold on hold on 17 if you know what i mean like they didn't I... want him to get it i but... i hope he does because that is a, a an exclusive list obviously and 
Shoot, By the way, you know. were right. I will admit I was wrong. When he signed with St. Louis, I was like, oh, shit, this is going to put so much pressure on the Cardinals to have to keep him around, eat a roster spot. All he can do is DH, blah, blah, blah. And I was dead wrong. I will be the first to admit it. His OPS against left-handed pitching is 958 this year. I cannot believe it. Good for him, man. Way to shut the fat boy up. Right. <laughs> Overall, his OPS plus is his best since 2014. Good for him. I hope he does seriously consider it. I won't hold it. Some people say, well, hold on. He already took his little victory lap and all that sort of stuff. Hey, listen, we're all in this together. We all want to see him get to 700. Not I'm starting does. the petition right now. Albert, sign. Let's do it. All right, last one quickly because we got to get going. Carlos Correa flew out his family from Puerto Rico to Anaheim. You're probably thinking, why Anaheim? That seems like a long trip. Because his 14-year-old sister, who had a birthday, her favorite player is Shohei Otani, got pictures, signed the jersey, the whole bit. Would you be okay if one of your siblings' favorite player was not named Trevor Plouffe? Uh, it just depends on who it was. Now, if it's Shohei Otani, I understand that. If it's a nice guy like a Joe Maurer, I understand that. Now, if they're picking someone who like I don't like, then I'd be I would be upset. Or like someone that's like doesn't really have that, you know, like if it's not like a star and they just like pick someone and not me, then I might be a little bit uh what is it, miffed about this. But Shohei is like the universal that can be your favorite player, even if you don't root for the Angels you can still say Shohei is my favorite player and I have no problem with it whatsoever. He's, he just transcends have, everything. Don't you have, you have three siblings, right? You have two brothers. Two, two. I have one brother and a sister. One. Okay. One of each. Who's if I called them right now and asked, who's your favorite major league player of all time? What's their answer? I don't know if my brother would say me, my sister would probably say me. My brother might say like Jim Tomey or someone like that. He really? has a Jim Tomey signed bat that I got for him that he really, really likes. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I misread this. Then. They're both big boys, you know. Jim Tomey's another one. Let that be your favorite player. Fine, I'm, I'm okay with that. Okay. Um, what do you have coming up on John Boy? Uh, I'm doing the uh, series recap Monday episode of Talking Baseball. It's me and Jake, so players only. We had a front office only episode on Friday with me and John, and today players only. With me and Jake. So it gets a little silly with these ones, but a lot of stuff to talk about and recap. I'll get his thoughts on the Tati situation. And I'm very interested to see what he says because you never know what he's going to say. What about you? What All you right. got? Ryan Howard episode is out. Always a pleasure chopping it up with him. Good dude. I Good really dude. think that Achilles injury cost him a shot at the Hall of Fame. We talked about how much it detoured his career and whether or not he felt like he ever if the minute that happened, if he had a shot to get back to being Ryan Howard. But we talked about everything. Talked about Papelbaum's recent appearance on the Rose rotation. Uh, that was fairly fascinating. Uh, his relationship with Albert Pujols, because Ryan Howard grew up in St. Louis, and all sorts of stuff. Good, good episode. Fun. And I just recorded one with Brault, who's hilarious. That'll come out on Thursday. Love so that's that. it. Hard-working uh, man. Trying. Shout out to our producer extraordinaire, the one and only Dan Rourke. That is Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Tuesday on Baseball Today, presented to you by DraftKings.